Good morning. Welcome to our assembly. We are here to worship God in spirit and in truth. And that always means we open God's Word for our attention and our personal application. Luke chapter 19. Luke chapter 19. I'll read the first 10 verses in just a moment. There was this experience... Jesus had that Luke recorded for us about a little man whose life was changed by the Son of Man. He entered Jericho and was passing through, and behold, there was a man named Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector and was rich, and he was seeking to see who Jesus was. But on account of the crowd, he could not because he was small in stature. So he ran on ahead and climbed up into a sycamore tree to see him, for he was about to pass that way. And when Jesus came to the place, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, hurry and come down, for I must stay at your house Today, So he hurried and came down and received him joyfully. And when they saw it, they all grumbled. He has gone in to be the guest of a man who is a sinner. And Zacchaeus stood and said to the Lord, Behold, Lord, the half of my goods I give to the poor. And if I have defrauded anyone of anything... I restore it fourfold. And Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house, since he also is a son of Abraham. For the Son of Man came to seek and save the lost. All right. Before we go any further, let me go ahead and say something. And get this out of the way. It is true, Zacchaeus is my favorite Bible character. I identify with Zacchaeus more than I identify with Goliath. So, I brought that up. Now let's forget about any similarity and get into the story. Starting with who he was. Zacchaeus was a chief tax collector, and it adds that he was rich. Here's how that worked. Under Roman domination in Jewish communities, men like Zacchaeus stood at the top of the collection pyramid. They collected taxes from their countrymen, but the way the system was rigged, men like Zacchaeus were able to take huge commissions, so long as Rome got what they wanted. Fellow Jews did not like that system. And that unfavorable attitude was often directed toward the wealthy tax collectors. Zacchaeus was not just a rich tax collector, he was also a seeker. And his seeking took him up. 
Here's what Luke reports. He was seeking to see who Jesus was. But on account of the crowd, he could not because he was small of stature. So he ran on ahead and got up into a sycamore tree to see Jesus, and he was about to pass that way. In some cases, when short people can't see what's happening, they just go on about their routine. You may get used to having obstacles. So there may be things going on you just miss. Zacchaeus wouldn't miss this. He could not see, but wasn't satisfied to just go on. He was seeking to see who Jesus was. So he expended the effort. And he got more than he expected. When Jesus came to the place, he looked up and said to the little man, Zacchaeus, hurry and come down, for I must stay at your house today. Jesus could have ignored the little man. He could have given his attention to community leaders and the Jewish teachers and the powerful. <clears throat> but long before we meet Zacchaeus, we know about Jesus. That he was not a respecter of persons. That he went to sinners <clears throat> to teach them and to reclaim them. He went first to the Jews, the sons of Abraham, to reach them. So Zacchaeus was seeking to see Jesus, got in position to see Him, and got much more than what he expected. And verse 6 shows his excitement. It says, He hurried and came down and received Him joyfully. He now has the Savior in His home. At this point in the narrative, we want everything to go smoothly and peacefully, and we want there to be a good outcome for everybody. But Luke reports what the neighbors said. When they saw it, they all grumbled. And they said, He has gone in to be the guest of a man who is a sinner. The reaction of the neighbors is disappointing. What do you think about these grumblers? Were they not sinners? Were they holy, righteous, upright people who were devoted to God perfectly, wholeheartedly? Did they think the Savior should go only to the good people? Back in the Gospel of Mark, Jesus had to remind people about His purpose. And in Mark 2 and verse 17, He said, It is not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. I have come not to call the righteous but sinners. But in Zacchaeus' neighborhood, that isn't public opinion. They see Jesus going into the house of a man <clears throat> they don't like. And their response is noted by Luke, the divine historian. But it doesn't keep Zacchaeus silent, does it? He said to the Lord, <clears throat> Behold, Lord, the half of my goods I give to the poor, <clears throat> and if I've defrauded anyone 
of anything, I restore it fourfold. What does this say about the little man who enjoyed wealth? He is aware of his sin and he desires to right the wrongs he has done. There is no evidence that Jesus had to interrogate him and rebuke him hour after hour and eventually extract a confession. Here is a man who sought Jesus, found him, and spoke to him in his house, aware of his sin, and desiring to right the wrongs of his life. Now, look at how he went about this. Look at what he said, what he promised. Under the law of Moses, there were very specific penalties and punishments for certain transgressions. When you take what Zacchaeus said, <clears throat> and you look back under the law of Moses, here's what you find. He actually penalized himself with the standard required of rustlers. You can read about that in Exodus 22 verse 1 and a reference to it in 2 Samuel 12 6. This wasn't just a gesture on the part of Zacchaeus. It wasn't just an ordinary gift that you would offer to someone coming through your threshold. It was not a bribe to get into heaven. It wasn't merely a courtesy of hospitality. He is aware of his sin and he desires to right the wrongs he has done. <clears throat> and we cannot hesitate to affirm this is a good example. To admit what you've done. To admit it promptly. To admit it clearly. And to make the promise of the fruit of repentance and go the distance and beyond the distance to make it right. So, what did Zacchaeus hear? Jesus said, today salvation has come to this house, since he also is the son of Abraham. Zacchaeus, a son of Abraham, a Jew living under the law, was imposing upon himself the penalty. Jesus observed that, and granted salvation, and then Luke, the divine historian, adds this commentary about who Jesus is. For the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. That's the story. What do we need to take from it? Where should this story lead me in examining myself and you in examining yourself. Number one, when you seek Jesus, you always get more than you expect. It happens a lot to people that they begin with almost mild interest in who Jesus is and what He did. 
But prompted by just that mild interest, they begin to read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And as they then study what Paul said about Christ in Romans, and then they read Hebrews and the other books of the New Testament, they soon arrive at the conclusion, there is much more here than what I expected. The blessings of living in Christ are richer and deeper than I first imagined. The sad thing is, some never arrive at this full, mature appreciation of who Christ is, what He did, and the life that He offers. I would urge every one of us to explore the depths of Scripture with this specific aim. What does Christ offer that I need? In our study of Romans in the adult Bible class, one lesson we've talked about more than once is this. God, through Christ, not only takes us out of sin, <clears throat> not only brings us into good standing in His family, but provides the power that we need every day to keep us where we ought to be. To react as we ought to react. To think as we ought to think. And to grow as we ought to grow. When you set your mind to seek Jesus, no matter the obstacles, even if you have to get up into a tree, you always get more than what you expect. Don't let opposition silence you. I'm going to take us over to 1 Peter chapter 3. Don't let opposition silence your confessions and your commitments. If I will make pleasing God my primary objective in life, and I keep that priority front and center, it will not matter that people criticize my commitment or mock my confessions or speak evil of me or run me down or diminish what I'm committed to doing. Faith that is active and growing and developing becomes your emotional defense against opposition. In 1 Peter 3, beginning at verse 13, Now who is there to harm you if you are zealous for what is good? But even if you should suffer for righteousness' sake, you will be blessed. Have no fear of them, nor be troubled. But in your hearts, honor Christ the Lord as holy, always being prepared to make a defense to anyone who asks you for a reason for the hope that is in you, yet do it with gentleness and respect, having a good conscience, so that when you are slandered, those who revile your good behavior in Christ may be put to shame, for it is better to suffer for doing good, if that should be God's will, than for doing evil." Zacchaeus was not silenced by the grumbling neighbors. It is obedient faith in Christ that enables us to break 
through the opposition and continue doing what is right. What else do we need to get from the story of the small man? May we imitate the master in seeking and saving the lost. Jesus never wavered from his intention to seek and save the lost. Jesus' attitude about all that in this episode is very clear. Jesus didn't say to himself, you know, this is just a little guy in a tree. You know, short people. And he's not well liked. He's a tax collector and he's wealthy. There are better people I can give my time to. Jesus had no such idea. No such attitude entered his mind. Luke tells us why. Jesus came to seek and save the lost. What else is there about Zacchaeus? As this little man turned to the Lord, he knew there were people who needed what he had. In his repentance, there was a renewal of stewardship and generosity. He said, I give to the poor. It is what people who are close to God do. We give, we share, we respond when our brethren have lost everything. It is what we will do in just a few minutes for the Christians in the Beaumont area who are suffering. So why do you think the story of Zacchaeus was one of the first stories we heard in children's Bible classes? And one of the first songs we may have learned. Well, it is simple. It is endearing. It contains the first steps we want children to take in their journey to God. Seeking Jesus. Not hindered by criticism. Having the commitment of a penitent heart and renewing the generosity that God expects of His people. He entered Jericho and was passing through. And behold, there was a man named Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector and was rich. And he was seeking to see who Jesus was, but on account of the crowd, he could not because he was small in stature. So he ran on ahead and climbed up into a sycamore tree to see him. For he was about to pass that way. And when Jesus came to the place, he looked and said to him, Zacchaeus, hurry, come down, for I must stay at your house today. So he hurried and came down and received him joyfully. And when they saw it, they all grumbled. He's gone in to be the guest of a man who is a sinner. Zacchaeus stood and said to the Lord, Behold, Lord, 
the half of my goods I give to the poor. And if I have defrauded anyone of anything, I restore it fourfold. And Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house, since he also is a son of Abraham. For the Son of Man came to seek and save the lost. What Jesus did for Zacchaeus, He's able to do for me and for you. Salvation can come to you upon your response to the gospel of Christ. Let's be standing as we sing.